Hello and welcome back to the Clark Greater Manchester podcast. I'm Ben Capper and this is episode three. And in this episode, we're talking all about patient and public involvement. And I'm delighted to be joined by Sarah Darley, Research Associate at Clark Greater Manchester. Hello. And I'm really delighted to be joined by Kelly Burke, who is a carer and is on the research user group for the Oscars programme. Hi there, good morning. Hi there, Kelly. And also joined by Ben Wright, who is also a carer and is on the research user group for the Oscars programme also. Hi, good morning. Welcome, everybody, and great to see you all. Um, So we're talking about patient and public involvement in applied health research today. And we're talking specifically about a project that that we've been involved in with Clark, which is the Oscars programme, which is around stroke. Um, Sarah, can you just give us a little bit of an overview of that project and what your involvement in it was? Um, Yes, certainly. So Oscars stands for Organising Support for Carers of Stroke Survivors. Um, and we're working with a national specialist stroke organisation um, to trial a particular approach to supporting carers uh, for stroke survivors. So these are kind of informal and paid carers, um, so usually kind of family members, um, uh, partners, uh, parents, uh, neighbours. Um, and so we're looking at um, how clinically and cost-effective that particular approach to supporting carers is compared to usual practice. And so my involvement in this study is uh, within the process evaluation, which looks at how that approach is being implemented and how it's being accepted by staff and people's experiences of it. And so why was public or patient carer involvement so important in this particular study? Yeah, so I think... um, Patient and public and carer involvement is is really important to all the research we do, uh, particularly in the Clark GM Stroke Programme. So it's important for the whole research process, really. So it's important to to make sure we're looking at the right research questions that they matter to the people that the research is going to affect. Um, it's important that. Um, carers in this case have an involvement in the research design and the research process throughout and it's important at the end to get those research outcomes uh, what comes out of the research disseminated to all the people that it's going to affect um, and the people that are interested in it. Fantastic thank you and Ben if I could just uh, start with you then what was your involvement in this project? Um, I was part of uh, 10 different people um, it was ask questions, put ideas forward. Um, being a carer myself, uh, we was able to give a completely different insight to the researchers as to the way forward with the questions that they would want to ask. And what about you, Kelly? What was your experience? My experience, I mean, it was very similar to, to Ben's. I mean, we, we met, um, it was a good few years ago now, and it seems a, seemed like a lifetime, but we, I was a carer. Um, for my wife, I had a stroke at around the same time as Bennett experienced um, his wife's stroke. And I think we came together to help the researchers sort of formulate, as, as Sarah said, sort of formulate some of, the, help formulate some of the questions and kind of put a different spin or a different perspective on things. Maybe fine-tune, I think, because I, I guess the, the research team had pretty good idea but they wanted to really make sure that a that it conforms to what our experience was, but also to sort of slightly fine tune some of those questions and approaches. So that's what we did. I guess my involvement was 
somebody who was, I was quite isolated as a carer. And I didn't realise how isolated I was until I came and met some other carers and then realised, well, there's an awful lot going on here that I wasn't aware of. So I found that really useful. Okay. And, and Sarah, just talking a little bit about how carers and patients and were involved in this study, how did we do that then exactly? What sort of methods were involved in actually involving carers' experiences in the study? Mm-hmm. Well, this was very much down to Dr. Emma Patchwood, who is the co-investigator of Oscars. Um, she really did a fantastic job of getting the research user group together in the first place. And she did that right from the beginning of the study. Um, so um, everyone on the group has had a real meaningful involvement in the whole process. Um, so she's kind of organised really regular meetings um, that have been very interactive um, that everybody has had a chance to kind of contribute and discuss kind of all parts of the research project. As well as the regular meetings that have discussed things like um, the particular approach to supporting carers. So um, people in the research user group directly kind of influenced um, what that approach would look like eventually. Um, they had a part in the um, kind of data collection tools that we use to interview um, staff um, and people involved in uh, implementing the, this approach. Um, but they've also had representation at our um, trial management group as well. So, um, so kind of they've had involvement on the practical kind of level, but also on the strategic level. Um, and also they've been involved in the analysis of the qualitative data as well. So, so Ben, if I can just turn to you off that point that, that the Sarah's just described there. How was that for you then? Because as a carer, you have a very busy life. Um, and that sounds like quite a lot of work and quite a lot of extra stuff to do. How did that sort of work for you? And how did the Clark team assist you with that? Well, it, it worked quite well, to be honest, because we was given plenty of time of when uh, the meetings would take place so we could make arrangements, get carers in to look after my wife while I was away from the house. Um, so yeah, it worked really well. Um, going in, into the meetings, um, it was at first it started off really good just being able to speak to other carers and get your experiences across. Because um, when I first, my men, my own mental health um, was right down at the bottom of the pits, and then when you're actually talking to other carers, it's a case of I'm not really that bad. Uh, so you get a little pep up if you know what I mean from listening to someone else's story it, it sounds awful that you, you're taking a bit of light because someone might be a bit worse off than yourself but it just helps you crack on for the next stage plus it gives us a voice um, from the experience side um, you, you can give so much information across from a textbook but you can't really beat the experience side, and that's where we come in. We could give that experience to the researchers. And was was that a similar experience for you then, yeah, Kelly, in terms that. of that mutual support between other carers? Interesting. Cares? I mean, because we've not really talked about it in a lot of detail, but I mean, it's it started to we started to vocalise it more now recently, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. We're able to sort of reflect and look back on it. But those early days were really quite difficult, and I think what was great was that. Emma and the team at that point did such a good job of introducing us to each other yeah. as well as the research team, explaining a bit about the research, giving us a few kind of tasters, if you like. And then when we started 
batting backstop and we said no you can't say that you can't say that <laughs> because the word you know it was just the wording and it's what what it was just right really to give us some something to get our teeth stuck into and say well from a carer's point of view that wording doesn't sound right or well, from a carer's point of view this you might find that you're going to have to struggle with this little bit and so we kind of find as i said fine-tuned the the, the questions and the, and the tool that was going to be used from the outset really yeah. and i think that involvement like ben says is quite an empowering process as well as a carer because then you realize they you do have a voice and it's worth listening to because you're regarded by the rest of the team as a, as a partner in that in that study and then at the same time you grow as an individual through learning how to manage better your caring world because sure. a lot of us don't think ourselves as carers we just that's what we do but through the project i think we've learned to have a voice as carers and then realize actually we've got got a lot to say and we've got a valuable experience to share with other people as well so i think well, it's been a positive experience yeah, well, most of all we found that people are willing to listen to us and we don't feel like we're whinging yes um, because as a carer that's the main thing you can speak to some people and you can just see the eyes roll always oh, off again but being part of the research group people actually wanted to listen to our problems yeah. and, and then, the way that we cope with them. and there's also been a lot of spin-offs with that I mean I remember one early session I did with Kate was at the Manchester Museum it was a bit of a soapbox it was about um, PPI in research and the whole range of research that we're looking to involve service users or, or public in, in the research and I said oh, I didn't realise that you had a voice to do and enabled you to do these things within research so it was quite interesting sort of bringing it into research from a participation point of view. So Sarah from your point of view I mean how valuable was that then I mean, in terms of having carers with lived experience but also really going into the granular detail of the actual toolkit itself how valuable was that for the project yes it was extremely valuable and the project really wouldn't have have gone as well as it did without that input really um it's just so helpful to get the perspectives of carers because the, our studies are all about carers um and we need that perspective to make sure we're asking the right questions um, and that the, the approach we're using is, is going to be relevant to carers. Um, and in terms of things like the qualitative analysis, it was so useful for me to get the perspectives of um, Ben and Kelly and the rest of the group because they pick up on things that I might have not necessarily put too much importance on maybe or just kind of not realised how significant it was um, and they kind of highlight those aspects so, so it's been invaluable really. One of the first points that we hit on in the group was as a carer the amount of bits of paper you get, information leaflets, appointment slips, you name it we get it so that was one of the big things at the very beginning was to make sure that what was produced at the end of the research study didn't contribute to the carer's filing system, which is commonly called the BIN. Um, because, let's say, as a carer, as you quite rightly said before, we don't have a lot of time, and another bump of, of paper that arrives for you to read through, you just don't get the time as a carer. The only time you get to yourself is at the end of the day, 10, 11 o'clock at night, when your partner's gone to bed and you get that five minutes, sit down with a brute, you just don't want to face 
a ream of paper to be going through. So that's helped keep the tool short, sweet, to the point. How then is that, um, beyond maybe some of the really granular detail, how has people like Ben and Kelly and their colleagues in the, in, in the group, how has their input helped to influence the direction of the, uh, of the project? Mm, it's had a huge influence really throughout the project. So as we've probably talked about quite a lot, it's really influenced um, the particular approach that uh, was the point of the study. Um, so it was an approach that was taken from palliative care and used in the new context of stroke. Um, so the group were really kind of valuable in making sure that the approach was relevant to carers of stroke survivors rather than carers um, within palliative care. Um, and then they've just had a great input to making sure that we asked the right questions to staff that were involved in implementing the approach. Um, and then um, in terms of kind of analysis, that's that's been great, like I was saying before, mm-hmm. about highlighting particular aspects that we as researchers might have missed. Um, I think the other thing is that you, it's an ongoing sort of, it's not a, it's an ongoing process and I think it's very difficult to sometimes differentiate between what is what has come through the research group and what has come from outside in terms of your ideas, isn't it? And I think it's so so it evolves in a kind of in a kind of organic way, in a process way. So to attribute one way of thinking to carers and one to researchers is probably a bit too cut and dried. I think it's a bit more. What's the word? It's it's sort of it's developed over a period of process over a period of conversations and encounters with with researchers and carers, isn't it? And and I think that's what's language barrier. Yeah, between researcher and every person on the street, these big long words that researchers you like to use, and I just go, oh, yeah. But I think those sorts of conversations help one ground ground the discussion at the time. So yeah, we've got to think about this a little bit, but it also then takes the conversation a bit further. So it's like almost having a continual conversation, isn't it? That yes. never ends. Because, yeah. oh, there's that little bit there. Well, if we if we kind of remember, we take ourselves back to early days when there was stuff that was, as Ben was said, the amount of paperwork that was look, we were looking at, we were trying to get down as much as possible. If we hadn't done it at that stage, I think the outcome would have been, still could, have been could have been a paper, <laughs> a paper heavy exercise, to be honest. And then maybe wouldn't have allowed the qualitative stuff to really come through as well, because that's the other part of the study that came at a later stage. But at the same time, it's actually it's interesting how that's developed, isn't it? The sort of the data. I mean, I've been involved at the trial management group, and to to listen to the data people, they're amazing. What they do with data is absolutely fantastic, and I'm just about think I can understand the first level of that. But when you put layer that with the qualitative stuff then it starts for me it makes sense and maybe that's that's my background anyway so I'm more of a a kind of qualitative sort of research friendly person but realizing the importance of data is actually you need both don't you you need both and when you've got carers experience that is trying to work its way through those kinds of problems it's trying to put reality into the question (coughs) isn't it yeah that's uh, right. Which is what we was able to help with. Mm. 
rather than, like I said before, people taking information out of a textbook, putting that into a question yeah, yeah, yeah. to ask someone that's actually living the life. Yeah. Where so we could turn around and say, no, this is what you should be asking and this is how you should be asking it. I think it's a process and it's whether, you know, and, I, and in terms of how it, that relates to the the people at the uh, Stroke Association, how far that will, they see that as a, do they see that as a process or do they see that as a sort of finite thing or by the end of the research we want this or we, we want a result? Well, actually, it's ongoing because what we've found is that care is in the long term is what's interesting isn't it as much as the care is immediately post-stroke because those, those are two different questions almost that's a really interesting point that about the idea about it being a quite an organic process and the conversation never necessarily ending and about yeah. it being something that's quite long term so sarah from your point of view somebody that's managing a project is that a challenge then because you look at research projects they often have a very structured begin middle and end etc if there is a, and they're very focused on a very particular outcome or an evaluation of a very particular outcome, is that idea that they become a long-going, ever-evolving organic process, is that quite a challenge or does that help in some way? I think it's really helpful. Um, yeah, because we've had these kind of discussions throughout, but they haven't kind of slowed the process down. They've just kind of helped it move along, really. Um and it's, it's kind of better to have that input and for it maybe to take slightly longer than doing it really quickly but not taking into account these valuable perspectives and experiences because you get a much better outcome at the end of the research with that involvement. Right, okay, interesting. So what then sort of... How have you involved patients in other ways, in other projects? Is that is this something you've done quite a lot with other projects? Um, I have done it on other projects, but I have to say that on the Oscars study, um, it's I, I found it really exemplary, really, the way that Audrey and Emma have involved carers throughout the whole study. Um, so I've been involved in projects that have... Um, included some PPI work but not in the same way so it hasn't been from the very beginning to the end it might have been at some point along the way um, but on Oscars it's just been so integral to the whole study um, and I think it's a, a brilliant example really. And what would you take then from this project in terms of what some good principles could be for other researchers looking to involve patients and public and carers in their work? Yes, I, I would say first of all it's really, really vital to do it so I think it should be a consideration for anyone doing research in health services really um, and I would say it should be meaningful involvement so not just some box ticking exercise but really involving um, the people who the research is going to affect right from the beginning and having that regular contact like Kelly and Ben have described throughout the whole process. It's the raw information that you've got available to you through us. Mm. Um, for, for me, more of this should be done. Yeah, absolutely. So taking that on then, Ben, what, what do you think um, other researchers could do to improve the experience for patients and public in, in terms of getting involved in research projects? The, the first and foremost thing is make time to sit and talk mm. to people that live in that life. Mm. Um, for the first three months of this research users group, 
we didn't bother with the tool. We were all talking about our experiences, what we found was difficult, what we thought, well, that was relatively easy, that bit. And it was through them ideas that we all bounced off each other and said, well, actually, we've actually got these bits in common, so perhaps they should be the questions we're asking. Um, so, yeah, I personally gained a lot from it. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, Ben, and I think it's, as, as Sarah said, it's, although it took a bit more time, and, I'm, I'm, and I was always conscious of the fact that the research team spent an awful lot of time getting to know us, getting to just the small things in terms of how are you going to get to this meeting, what's the best time, um, making us comfortable at meetings so there was food and drink, and, you know, so we were welcome in a way. But taking that time to bother, actually, like you say, makes a big difference, even though it might have slowed the research process down a little bit, and it must have helped sometimes. Think, oh, I want to move on with this, but we really need to work with the service user group to sort of see where they're at. Mm-hmm. So I suppose it's it's taking that on board, isn't it, from an early early stage, like you say, Sarah, to make sure that that's built in to the part of the research project. That's where the that's where the value is. There's no point in just tagging it on because it's not an afterthought. It just doesn't work that way. What, is there anything that you found challenging, particularly about being involved in this particular project or other projects you've been involved in? I think it, for me, I mean, I, I, I'd, well, interestingly, I, I was involved in research when I was a, a postgrad, and it was interesting. So I had a personal interest in it anyway, because it, it was re-sparking a bit of interest in that. But at the same time, I suppose for me, it, it was quite an emotional experience, and still is. So every time you go into a meeting, you you you're, you're bringing up those emotions and feelings of those first times or those really gnarly moments that you have as a carer post-stroke, which then become um, part of the reason why you're doing it, because that's what the researchers want. They want your experience, they want your emotion. There's no point in doing it in a cold-hearted way, because then you don't bring yourself to it in in a true sense. So for me, it was a challenge to... I didn't realise how tiring it was until after the meeting. Well, that's... <laughs> it was emotionally tiring as much as anything. Um, so that was a challenge, but at the same time, it was something that felt good. It felt a bit like, you know, just, just putting stuff to bed in a sense, you know, so I, I'm dealing with this now, and I'm, as Ben says, well, thank God I'm not in, in a worse position, you know, and I, you know, so I suppose it's useful to have that ability to reflect and, and to grow, I guess, as a sort of person. Really. I mean, it, the most challenging bit for me through it all was that feeling of actually feeling valued again. Yeah, because yeah. as a carer, you, you slip under everyone's <coughs> radar. You can be sat there in a doctor's surgery and the doctor will look at you as if to say, who are you? And you have to say, well, not only am I a full-time carer, I'm a husband. Yeah. And, oh, right, it's all right then, I was going to ask you to leave. Well, no, I'm a husband, I'm staying in. Yeah. Um, so getting that that feeling of actually being valued. That confidence. Not so much confidence. It, it was uh, because before I become a carer, I was an on-site engineer. Yeah. I did a lot of dangerous jobs, and it was a case of what I said when. Mm. Now, when you become a carer, you lose any sense of authority or, you know, people listening to you. So when I come in here, I found it hard to readjust back. Your old changes. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Really interesting. What would you say to other 
people like yourselves who are carers or people that have been involved in in some treatment that is undergoing some research, what would you say to them about getting involved in a research study? Personally, I'd say if you're given the, the opportunity to get involved with something, jump in both feet and get involved because if you don't, nothing ever changes. Everything will stay the same. Mm. Nothing will progress. Nothing will move forward and everyone will eventually end up in the same boat. Mm. No, I would agree. Go for it. I think it, it, it does require a, a bit of thinking, a bit of planning. Like you say, Ben, you've got to make sure that you don't overburden yourself with that alongside everything else that you're doing. But if you can manage the balance, and we had some people who were struggling early doors, I think there was a couple of people. Two or three that, people had to drop were great, great people, but they, it just didn't fit for them. And I suppose there may always be those situations which you, you can't foresee where people have, you know, they've got other commitments or other things changing. But also to be fair to the research and the researchers team, it wasn't an issue if that happened. No. They completely understood that, yeah, yeah. yes, you, your life outside of what's happening here is more important. So yes. people were actually invited, if you're having problems, yeah. let us know. Yeah. And it, it got worse about it. Yeah. 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 Did actually getting involved in this help you with that? taking a bit of time out as well because I'm curious about what you said earlier before Ben about the idea about you know the only time you really have is 10, 11 o'clock at night yeah. and you don't want to start reading a pile of papers about, about, about being a carer but it feels like this is obviously time away from the person you're caring for yeah. um, but you're still talking quite intensively about that experience does it help or hinder that? No, no it, because not only is it a research group, but it become a bit of a social scene as well. Yeah. You you tend to look forward to their meetings because you might have had three weeks just constantly in the house or the only time you've ever got out is to go shopping and you've not really got to speak to anyone. Whereas oh, you come into the meeting and all of a sudden you just... Blah, 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 and you can't stop yourself talking. It's kind of jump time. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you could call it a form of respite if you wanted from your role as a yeah. carer. Um, but also no one minded what you were saying because everyone had either been in the same boat had the same comments to make or they said well if you look at it from this point of view and you always went away smiling rather than thinking oh not that again so yeah for, for me it was really good um, let's say it turned into more of a social thing for me an enjoyable experience and I think you're right Ben it's, it's, that, it's that kind of quality that one being part of a group who were going through a similar experience and being, and, at the, and importantly, being listened to. It's a camera, so, so you you come away from a, a, a meeting feeling that we've been listened to and that our experience is counted and therefore your self-worth and your feeling of confidence yeah. is, oh, I can do the next six months or whatever, you know what I mean, I'm okay now. So that's that was a spin-off, if you like. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. So, Sarah, uh, you know, final word from you, really. What would you say to Kelly and Ben and everybody else that's assisted you with this project from a carer point of view? Oh, yeah, well, just a, a big, massive thank you, really. I mean, their involvement and their contributions has just made the project what it is. And without that, we would have no project, really. So um, we're really grateful for their involvement. And we hope that they've got as much out of it as we have having them involved. 
Fantastic. And if somebody um, is interested in getting involved in a study, how might they go about doing that? Yeah, so there's various organisations that promote opportunities for people to get involved in research. So, um, so for stroke, there's the Greater Manchester Stroke Operational Delivery Network. Um, for wider kind of opportunities, there's the Citizen Scientist website. Um, there's the Research and Innovation Group within the Northern Care Alliance NHS group. Um, there's the NIHR Involve website uh, that has a lot of opportunities on. Um, and there's also often advertisements at kind of local GP surgeries and within hospitals as well. So uh, I think there are a lot of opportunities out there. And that's the end of this episode. Thanks so much to Sarah, to Ben and to Kelly for giving me a bit of their time to talk about their experiences on the Oscars programme. And if you'd like to find out more about the programme, please visit the Clark Greater Manchester website, which is at clark-gm.nihr.ac.uk forward slash stroke, where you can find out everything to do with the Oscars programme and all the other stroke programmes that Clark has been involved in. Please join us again for another episode where we'll be discussing the people, the projects and the concepts that are right at the heart of Clark Greater Manchester's work. The Collaboration for Leadership in Applied Health Research and Care, Clark Greater Manchester, is a partnership between the providers and commissioners from the NHS, industry, the third sector and the University of Manchester. This project is funded by the National Institute for Health Research, NIHR. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and are not necessarily those of the NIHR or the Department of Health and Social Care.